today is not just a pleasure, it is an honor to speak with Academy Award nominee Edward James Olmos. We've seen him in Stand and Deliver, Battlestar Galactic, uh, American Me, and Miami Vice, and so many other things. Thank you for talking to me today. It's uh, my honor. Uh, thank you so much for the work that you do for the community and getting all of the information out that you do. And uh, just great to be here with you. Well, you're working with the Latino Film Institute for, with the uh, Young Cinema Project that's been extended to May 15th. And before we forget, the hashtag for that is YCP Live Reads. Uh, tell me about this program and how it became so prevalent in your life. Well, about 1998, we started the Latino International Film Festival, and with that, we <coughs> we started uh, uh, bringing young people in to see these movies from all over the world, and um, uh, we started off with, you know, maybe five or six schools, and what ended up happening is that we then started to, uh, as the years went on, <coughs> we started to ask the, the teachers to bring them in and have them write something. So they would bring in written stories. And then from that, we started to read the stories when they were in the audience. And um, then we went into uh, going after many years. In 2003, I went into starting to go to schools. Uh, I went to five classrooms and uh, started bringing in um, professional filmmakers um, graduate students from uh, different universities like uh, AFI and UCLA and, and SE and TIFF, TISH, excuse me, and, um, you know, major, major films, uh, um, universities for postgraduate work. I get them, they're alumni, and I, I brought them into the school, and we, we started to develop a curriculum, which was really, really, really took a long time. About seven years ago, it, it really flourished, and we really got the curriculum down after many, many years of, of doing this. And uh, what ended up happening was that uh, um, it has now exploded to a point where we're over 1,400 kids in, in 13 districts throughout the state of California uh, are using the program. And then this year, of course, with the virus, <clears throat> what happened was that our films, like last year, we created more than 128 films. And uh, with that, um, you know, every year we've been going, we're the largest producers of films in, in the uh, in the country. No, 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 no studio or anybody can get close to us. But, you know, the, what we did, we started off in the fourth grade and went up to, from the fourth, fifth, sixth. Then we started teaching them in the seventh, eighth, ninth, and then we went to high schools. And in high schools now, we're teaching over the last uh, seven years. We, we're now teaching in, in grammar in grammar school. Uh, they do a three-minute movie. In junior high, they do a, a five-minute movie. And in high school, they do a seven-minute movie. And when they, they if they take in the program throughout the times in junior high, grammar school, junior high, and high school, those students go on to learn how to do um, uh, do episodic television, and they learn how to do documentaries. And uh, and the process is really beautiful. It's very, very creative, and it really works extremely well with the students. They learn how to communicate. They learn how to collaborate. They learn about critical thinking. They learn about creativity. They really 
get themselves, especially in the fourth grade, when you give it to them in the fourth grade, they, they, they abound with understanding of life in a way that they could never do it without studying English or studying math or studying history or science, you know, taking basketball or baseball. Or, you know, you don't get what you get out of collaborating and making, telling a story. And and that with that in, in mind, this year with the virus, we couldn't finish the movies. So, oh, man, we were like stuck and said, oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? And so everybody's at home, you know, so we went online with our, our, our studies. But what we did is we thought, and so we started, um, <laughs> we started uh, Youth Cinema Project and, and La Leaf Connect, and we started uh, uh, a new understanding of the program of YCP so that we have children watching from all the 1400 students that can want they want to watch from all the different locations where we are located in California they watch and we get professional actors to come in and read one of the scripts like uh, we do it on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays at one o'clock if people go into www.latinofilm.org they will be able to see on live and performances of these these uh, scripts that people write and the kids write, and it's been so successful because other people are watching it and other kids are watching it, and uh, it's really been uh, quite an experience because it, it motivates those that are not in the program to think about what they just read, heard, and 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 they start to they it motivates them to do it. Now we're not trying, I see, we're not trying to create filmmakers. That's not the objective. The objective is to create lifelong learners, people who really understand what happens when you communicate, you collaborate with others, when you use your critical thinking and your creativity, and you're able to use it in anything that you do. I'm talking about anything, sports and in science, and it affects everything. The kids that have been in our program, and what we do is we go in with two mentors, like I said, and we stay in there for 90 minutes twice a week in the classroom from the first week of school to the very last week of school. So the entire school year, twice a week, that schoolroom is turned into a production company and, <laughs> and a film studio. And the kids go crazy. They, they're doing so much great work. And, of course, it affects everything. It affects their writing. It affects their uh, science, it affects their educational standards, they're, they're motivated, and kids that never used to speak at all because they couldn't speak English very well, or they, they had a problem, they were uh, shy, uh, introverted, all of a sudden blossom. And we've seen that most of the <laughs> most of the kids, more than 50% of our directors are women. And, 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 and cinematographers, and, 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 and uh, directors and writers, it's amazing how much the women flourish at the younger ages, and they just like pop. And it's been an incredible journey. I got to tell you, I see it's been an incredible journey. As you can tell, I'm very excited about this, and and, and I'm so excited that I got to tell the people that are listening to you right now that when when Stanford University, who has the strongest assessment program for PhDs, PhD. Doctor, the doctoral on assessments in in the world. They heard about it. They came and they they reviewed it for over a year. They they did their research. They said 
uh, you know, three um, uh, candidates for their doctoral to do this as their doctoral thesis. Well, forget it. They came back with such stunning uh, clarifications of what was achieved by this program that now Arizona wants it, Texas wants it, uh, Florida wants it, Georgia wants it, New York wants it. We, we just sent it to Panama and in the state and the country of Panama. They, they, we, we did a program there two years ago and boy, they just, they just can't get enough of it. The same with Canada and, and people are very excited because it's, it's the curriculum that is the key. The key is the curriculum. Go ahead. And I was going to ask, how do you open this? This is fantastic because you went from playing a teacher to now becoming a teacher. And and pushing the creativity and the arts. And, you know, the Latino community for the longest time got such a bad rap. I mean, we heard, you know, 100 years ago, the Zutsu riots. And then in the 80s and 90s, so many movies showed only Hispanic gangs and Hispanic gang culture. And in the 70s, you know, Cheech and Chong played up a little bit of the stoner culture with that. Um, But the image has changed. And, you know, you pushed it forward. Cheech Marin pushed it forward. uh, Jorge Gutierrez with his animation and so on and so forth. Uh, how has this helped uh, Hispanic students and Latino students to sit there and wake up and go, wow, you know, we're more than what, you know, X, Y, Z only wants to project on us? Well, yeah, I mean, how, the question is, are you asking me what has changed? Yeah, or, how has the program helped uh, pu- push uh, Latinos in the media, not only as performers and creators, but just as you know, opening up and saying, no, we're more than this image that they only pushed for 20, 30, 80 years? Well, first of all and foremost, I mean, I, I, I'm really disappointed in what the art form and the business, the mm-hmm. entertainment business, it is a business, yeah. I understand it's not a social, sociological study or, or component of, of advancement of the humanities, even though it's the strongest, strongest art form that the, the human species has ever created. The audiovisual event is very, very, very strong. It's, it's much stronger than a live event. It's much stronger than a book. It's much stronger than an art painting. It's much stronger than live performance. It's much stronger than any other art form, any other discipline. And the reason is, is because it attacks the subconscious mind in a way that is overwhelming because you sit in a dark room with no peripheral vision, with a huge screen in front of you with Dolby stereo sound all around you, and all the images go into your consciousness, and you're sitting there eating your popcorn saying, oh, wow, man, that you know, did you see that? That lady's head just exploded and it looked so real. Oh, my God. That's your conscious mind saying all this. Your subconscious mind care less whether it's real or not real. It's just documenting the program. <laughs> it's just going straight in. And that's why a lot of us don't like to go watch certain things because you come out and you find yourself not being able to go into the ocean because you realize that, hey, you know what? They live out there. This is their domain. <laughs> the Jaws, Jaws is out there, and I really don't want to see Jaws, you know? And right. it works. It, you know, it does work that way. And so that being said, uh, we don't want – our industry has never been uh, an equal in equal terms for the usage of the art form ever. The African Americans are really the strongest uh, minority right now that are using the art form, and they're like they have around seventeen percent of the images that you see in film and television. We are less than four percent, 
The African-American is 12% of the population. Mm. We're more than 21% of the population. And so you can see the disparity between that. And then the indigenous and the and the Asian cultures don't even register. Mm. They're less than half a percent in, in usages of the art form. In commercial, viable concepts. Mm. I'm not talking about, you know, independent films or, you know, on the Internet or whatever. No, I'm talking about going down to the movie house and see a movie that has a quote-unquote story that is being told through the perspective of the Asian-American or being spoken by the indigenous or the Latino. You know, we're starting to see, like I said, the African-Americans have some really strong, strong images that they're portraying. So we, this program is not to make filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Remember, we are creating them, trust me, Uh, believe me. And they're coming on real strong, and they're going to be very good. They'll be much better than Spielberg's. They'll be much better than, you know, <coughs> the Scorsese's, the, you know, Coppola's. They'll be, because those guys didn't start making film and learning about the film industry the way they learned. The, these kids are learning it uh, in the fourth grade when they're 10 years old. They're not going to classrooms and being told this is, you know, what this is for. This is how you use this. And then letting them create, really create. Our, our mentors don't tell them what to do. They show them how to do certain things and then allow the creative process to take over and allow the students to choose the work they're going to do, how they're going to do it. They do their own casting. They do their own uh, production. They do their own, uh, uh, you know, uh, art. Uh, I can't think of it. Damn, uh, storyboards. They do everything on their own. And, and, and produce it themselves, and they do all their own uh, location scoutings. They do all their own casting. They do all, all of that. They do it. The, the two, you know, the uh, the mentors help them understand what each process is, but then they, they assign people, and people take on the initiative, and they become the, the producer. They become the director. They become the cinematographer, the sound person, the editor, the score, the person who does the score. The, it, it's unbelievable what happens. It's beautiful to watch. When I brought in uh, different major, major uh, uh, schools of, of, uh, of film schools, including AFI, they, they, the, 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 the uh, different people who came in, the, the production teams, would cry. They, they were crying because it was so emotional. It was so beautiful to watch. Here you have nine, ten-year-old kids. You know, oh, please be quiet. Okay, now this is going to be the scene. Wait a minute. Okay, now camera lights. Okay, and then they slate it, and oh, it's wonderful to watch. How many kids have you seen where you didn't expect to want to? Let's say, you know, want, the shy kid in the corner all of a sudden gets cast as the lead because he or she had something about him, and then they light up and their confidence has been built. Because school primarily has always been sit down, shut up, you know, two plus two is four, that's it, the comic goes here, et cetera, et cetera. But now they're opened up to a world of possibilities where not only can they be creative, but like you said, use their critical thinking skills and mathematics and sciences and whatever else, but also create confidence in the children. It, uh, every single child. There has, we haven't lost one kid. If anything, a school that was had lost the last two or three years before we got there in, in 2000 and uh, I think 11, 2012 had lost 400 kids that had gone on from their, the school public school system and gone on to do uh, into uh, uh, 
different other schools, private schools or whatever they could get into, and magnet schools and stuff like that. And so that being said, we brought our program into the school system, and the word got out. They had 600 kids enrolling back into the school to get on, on these programs because, you know, it was something that they couldn't get anywhere where they were going to school at. So they said, forget it. I'd rather, you know, do this. And so that it became an asset to the school system. And so it's worked for everybody. Everyone has been able to understand it and really work to the highest levels. The, the school, the superintendents love the program. The, the, the uh, school board of education in, in every single one of the districts love the program. You know, and, and the teachers and the students are the ones who benefit the most. And the ones who benefit the very, very most are the mentors who come in and use their expertise and they get the, they're infused by a sense of self-esteem and self-worth and self-respect that they can't get from learning and and being the receiver of information and and growing and always thinking about yourself and your art form and you 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 me 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 i i now they're thinking about you know themselves but they're actually sharing and giving and and, and the more you give the more you receive so the more they they're giving the better artists they're becoming and it's really been work the only thing we have is we tell the the mentors is we have over 55 mentors working with us year round right now and it's growing um, we tell them when you get your films because a lot of them turn around and they get their movies they're going to make a movie they go off and they, they, they become who they're going to be and then they go we say the only thing we ask you when you have a little time and uh, in between uh, movies come back and help and teach some more and they all agree now you know to play devil's advocate real quick Say I'm a nine-year-old Korean kid and I see all this going on in my school. Would I be allowed to participate at some point or would there be a program directed towards East Asian Americans as well since this has been so successful in the Latino community? This has nothing to do with Latino. The only okay. thing that has to do with Latino is the fact that Latino Latinos created it. Okay. And I'm not, I remember when AFI came in to watch it, the American Film Institute, they came up to me, Bob Gazelli came up to me and he's the executive director and said, listen, this, we've been looking for 21st century, uh, educational models to really, to, to help propagate the future. And this is the strongest one we've ever seen in, even in the 20th century. And, and he goes, this is real 21st century teaching. He says, we want this. We want, we want to, we want this to be part of our program. And I said, "Why, well, fantastic. We're there. We'll become part of it. Go, great. And I said, but I'm not going to tell you one thing. This, this comes from the Latino community for the world. Okay. Not just for Latinos, but for the world. But you got to put out there that it comes from the Latino community. Because if you don't say that, then we have gone backwards again. If you're going to say that it's an AFI situation, excuse me, but... I I I trust, I love you guys. American Film Institute. I love you guys. One of the best film institutes in the world. I get it. But this is a Latino film institute that brought this to the world. Now, if you want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, be one of our sponsors, and and they are. If you go on the website, you'll see them there. Um, that, you know, but we're not going to give it to you. That with with retitling it, it's not about for Latinos. This is about for the world. Brought to you by Latinos. I mean, give me one thing that you remember that you know. What just like you know, I saw Argo, beautiful, beautiful movie, beautiful movie. It won Best Film of the Year. Ben Affleck directed it, and he played uh, Tony Mendez. And nobody knew that the movie was about a Mexican American 
a CIA agent. You know, they go, what? Yeah, I saw that movie. I loved it. He goes, yeah. Well, Ben Affleck's character was Latino. He goes, he was? He goes, yeah, it was a Latino story. It was? Yeah, it was. Most people are, that are listening to us right now are going, what? Right. I didn't know that. And the reason they didn't know that is because Tony Mendez was not brought to the forefront. That was brought to the forefront was that a CIA agent had done this for Canada and had done this for the world. And he was the, like one of the best, you know, best, one of the strongest and most difficult uh, journeys that he took and uh, anyone has taken. He, he said he got eight people out of, out of death's row. Wow. And uh, so that being said, but again, there's a perfect example of how we don't get the credit for it. You know that there's never been a story done about a Latino uh, Medal of Honor winner? Really? Ever. Wow. And when they did make one, they changed the name and the character, but they took the story. Uh, that's yeah. unfortunate. It happens all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be clear because I didn't want people to think this is just like one specific ethnic group only and other students are excluded from it. So I'm glad we cleared that up for everybody. Not at all, man. It just happens to be brought to you by Latinos. Live with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people forget the prevalence that the Latino community has in the United States. Uh, you know, Texas, I had a professor in college who the border crossed her family three or four times when it went from Mexico to the nation state of Texas for that, that short window of time to the United States. And the border just kept crossing and her family never left San Antonio. <laughs> so. yeah. Welcome to the world. It's like, you know, people today still are, you know, every time I hear them say thank you to the first responders and they talk about fire departments, police departments, nurses, doctors, all of the support systems for the people who stock the, the stores and all the, the people who are working right now for the betterment of us as a whole, they never ever say anything about the migrant workers that are out on the fields right now picking our food and, and, and keeping us alive. You know, they never, ever, ever say thank you to them. Nobody yeah. says thank you to the farm workers. Why? Because they're immigrants. Mm. And why? Because, hey, our political system, which needs to be changed, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm voting for Joe Biden. I don't know about you guys. But I'm telling you right now, and you know, I, I never tell people who I'm going to vote for. But this year, I'm telling everybody who I'm voting for because I'm, I'm. This is really difficult to take. There's a real problem here, and the problem is going to get exacerbated by the fact that if this person, this president, continues to move towards another four years, it'll be a destructive situation that will change the course of the history of humanity and, and on the planet. Well, these are definitely trying times. I don't push anyone's political views one way or the other. You're more than free. I do. Now. Well, by all means. Yeah, I never did. <laughs> you have the right. I, I will never say that you don't have the right to say who you're voting for. I did, that's right. You know, it's, it's never my place to say that to anybody. And that's the beautiful part about this country, whether we're first generation immigrants, 10th generation children of immigrants, or, you know, we're the ones that stepped off the boat. I will never tell anybody which way to vote because it's their right as an American to vote whichever way they want to. And I was—I have been the, the voice of voter registration yep. for since 1978 when I became El Pachuco, and I teamed up with the voter registration drive, and I've been that. And then when Carter asked me to help him, I said no. 
When Reagan asked me to help him, I said no. When the first Bush asked me to help him, I said no. When the second Bush asked me to help, I said no. When Clinton asked me to help, I said no. When Obama asked me to help, I said no. When Trump asked me to help, I said no. I do not help politicians get elected. I just tell people to vote and right. go out there. But this year, Artsy, <laughs> right now, you're hearing something I've never said before. And I'm saying it loud and clear so people understand. I'm voting for Biden. And I pray to God that he has a really good woman uh, vice president, and I hope that they both do the work that they're capable of doing because we need the help of, if nothing else, people who know how to do the job. I just want more than anything a united country in a sense that, yes, we have our differences, but we meet towards the middle. Well, the only way we meet towards the middle is by having a middle. Yeah. We don't have a middle. We don't have one. Yeah. Right now, we're polarized. I mean, we have a, we have a president right now that is literally, you know, he, they have my family's people, my children that look like my children are locked away right now in cages. Mm -hmm. And they're dying in there. And, and I'm, I don't care what anybody's thinking right now and saying, oh, wow, we're getting into a whole situation mm -hmm. here. Hey, you know what? A truth happens to permeate itself out into the public. And, and you can either take it or leave it. You don't have to. You don't have to live by it. All you have to do is understand that it is a truth, and that truth is happening right now. And and I got to tell you right now, those kids are getting infected and they're dying. And every people in the, in those cages are dying, and they're still there, and nobody cares about them anymore. They're all thinking about themselves, locked away in their houses. I get it. It's just like the immigrant workers that are working on the field. I get it. But boy, you just better hope. You better hope that this. That the, the migrant workers don't get the virus and can't pick the fruit anymore because, you know, it's going to be a sad day at the grocery store when there's no food. That's for sure. I remember when I was in college, this is slightly off topic, but I remembered that, that, you know, there's a lot of talk about immigration reform. There's a lot of talk about unionizing. But I said it's a talking point every four years that a lot of people don't necessarily want to address because if it does go union, no one really wants to pay $7 for a head of lettuce. So they'll, they'll <laughs> complain about it, but they'll never really work towards it. I know. Remember, everybody, we got into this for the first place. Uh, if you go to uh, uh, www.latinofilm.org, you'll get to see the La Leaf, our website, which is a tremendous, the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival Connect. It's on right now. We've been showing all of last year's uh, best work in the festival from 2019, from March, I mean, April 14th through May 4th, we're showing all what happened, the musical components, the master classes, the musical performances, and, and all of the stuff that happened, the episodic television shows, the shorts, the features, the documentaries, the retrospective is on right now, free, it's all free. And then uh, starting on Cinco de Mayo, 5th of May, we start with the 2020 Latino International Film Festival and program, and that's going to be amazing. It'll go all the way through all of May, and it's all free. And I got to tell you, tens of thousands of people are logging in because we usually have it over at the Gromans Chinese Theater, and we have for 21 years. And uh, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. But all I can tell you is that go to La Leaf Connect, which is free and available through the website, latinofilm.org, and, you know, watch it and uh, you'll see the kids programs there you'll see ycp the youth cinema project they're, they're connected there because they're all part of uh, 
Latino Film Institute. These are all branches of the Institutes of Alif, uh, and, uh, YCP and, uh, and, uh, the, uh, uh, LPB, Latino Public Broadcasting. They're all part of, of the Latino Film Institute. So all I can tell you is that enjoy. It's all there for free for anybody that would like to see it. And I got to tell you right now, it's really, really impressive and it's very emotionally rewarding. And then today, when you need inspiration, you always go for the hope ghost with the youth. When the youth, if you want to get inspired, go do something with a young person. They'll inspire you like crazy. This is true. Uh, when is the documentary about the YCP coming out? Because, you know, this is 22 years in the making. Well, I'll tell you, it's out now. I mean, if you go online, you're going to see a lot of work that's uh, been done about it. <laughs> it's really amazing, but it's happened. And we're very proud of it. And all I can say is that uh, the YCP and the the, uh, uh, the Latino uh, read, you know, the youth read uh, program, which is on right now on Wednesdays and Fridays at one o'clock, uh, live on. Uh, on the internet, you go to latinofilm.org, you'll get online and, and you'll be able to log in and you'll see the readings of the young kids reading for the young kids. <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. And what we do, we bring the filmmaker, the filmmaker, I mean, the, the script screenwriter mm-hmm. comes in and he speaks first with the moderator. Then the moderator brings in the, the, uh, the actors and they speak and then the actors do the reading and it's so emotional. Oh, God, it's wonderful. It's kind of like movie magic where we get to see the table read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Before I let you go, and I know you're very busy, and I thank you for your time today. Uh, you know, we're facing a new normal once things subside. You know, we're going to go into phase one, and like the next month, for example, we're going to eventually get back to an open society. How do we not only retain our creativity – during these trying times, especially with as much fear as there is out there, but also reopen to wanting to go to the theater again instead of just staying home and screening it on our tablets, phones, computers, and big screen TVs? Well, I think that uh, it'll come with the advent of the vaccine. It's when it'll all open up and everybody will go back to, to being completely free and open. It's the same thing we had when we had typhoid. If we have any any disease, any, you know, uh, form of, of uh, communicable disease that hits, and if we don't have a, a vaccine for it, everybody just kind of stays uh, ho- hobbled away by themselves because nobody, look, at too many people have died. We have 47,178 people that are dead as of right this second, you know, that we're talking there's 854,490 cases that they are charting. And, and believe me, there are many more dead than 47,000. But, you know, there are many more cases, but we haven't been able to test all that well. And, you know, it's been a very difficult journey. But when will they, it turn out to be phase one to phase three? Um, well, I think it's going to come by way of, of trying to find some way of helping the people to get sick, to get better quicker and not lose as many people because, you know, it's really difficult. I, I just lost my, my, my cousin. Um, I lost my cousin uh, uh, last night. Oh, my condolences. Yeah, she died and my sister had it. And uh, my other cousin, her husband, um, he's 
in intensive care right now, in, intubated. And uh, once you're intubated, it gets really hard for, to come out of it. Eighty percent of the people who get intubated don't get come out, you know. And, and then all of his brothers and all of his children all have it. It's really not something you want to play with or not understand for what it is. Please help by staying uh, inside and. Uh, you know, some people are going to open it up, and they're going to see, like they did in, in Korea, South Korea, China, and the Japan. Japan's going through a really second movement of it, that uh, second phase of it that is just destructive as hell. That people are, you know, not even understanding it. We don't, we don't get that news. But if you were staying in tune with what's happening around the world in Britain and all over the world, <clears throat> you would uh, find yourself going holy macro. It's really moving very quickly and very strongly, and a lot of people are dying. And it's not like, you know, if it was Ebola, where you get it and you're dead, if you get it, you're going to die. And that's that's one situation. That's another kind of thing where everybody goes, oh, my God, it's Ebola. But this, you know, they're saying this is like a flu. This is not like the flu. And they're saying, well, it's not as bad because only uh, 0.5% of the people who actually contract it die. Oh, okay. So right now, you know. <laughs> right. Closing in on seventy thousand people <laughs> so dead. You know, okay, that's fine. Okay, not everybody dies. Only less than half a percentile right now. But guess what? You want to be half of the percentile? Get it. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, there's a thing where yeah, the number says half a percent, but when it's grandma, when it's your aunt, when it's you know your yeah. own parent, your your own child, it, it's a hundred percent effect. You know, a hundred percent hit it hits home. Yeah, because, you know, like I'm talking right now, and my, I found out this just uh, right before I went on the air with you. They called me and let me know that my cousin uh, is dead, and, and my and her husband uh, is my cousin also. He's my first cousin. He's, he's uh, really close to dying also. And, you know, they die alone. And, uh, you know, like Elizabeth Warren's uh, brother died to, last night. Um you know, they, they die alone, and, and, and if you've ever experienced death, mm -hmm. you understand how important it is to be with that person, to have given that person a feeling of, of, of nothing more than a feeling of, of some love at the last moments of their existence, and, and it really makes a big difference. If you die alone, it's really a different, different situation all the way around. So, I mean... So I say to everybody listening to us, please, you know, stay safe, man. Stay inside and relax and, uh, you know, think about your creativity. But more than that, think about, you know, others and uh, and stay inside and think about the others that are out there and uh, that they in turn will protect themselves and protect their families because, you know, there's so many people that are asymptomatic. It's amazing what they're finding out. It's amazing. And, and this is a very interesting time period. Because this disease is really, really, virus is very different. You know, it's airborne, and uh, it's also an ability to carry it without, again, having any symptoms. Right. And, uh, you know, it's really amazing. Yeah, it's almost like typhoid Mary, where she was infecting everybody with tuberculosis, and she was asymptomatic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. She didn't even know she had it. Well... Mr. Olmos, thank you so much for your time today. My condolences to you, your family, and everybody else that is suffering through this. Uh, you know, hopefully these kids can inspire us the way they've inspired you over the last 22 years. And it's been an honor speaking with you. Uh, last time I saw you was the Silvas Awards. Hopefully I'll see you again in person soon. 
Thank you very much, Jesse. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Adios. Bye.